Heck. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Beautiful Beginning Podcast. This is your host Shakia and I'm coming in with another recording today. So today I want to talk about, like in my last recording I told you I finally passed my boards, well finally took my boards and passed. Um, that was a long journey because I procrastinated and took forever to actually take it. And so I'm going to give you a little bit of the story. So I was in school for um, the FNP program at the University of South Alabama. That was back in like 2008, 2009-ish, somewhere up in there. Um, I can't remember exactly, but somewhere up in there, I was in school um, between 2008, 2010. That's that's all I remember. Um, I was in an FNP track, so I had gotten down to pediatrics, and I think I had like a class or two left, and then I was going to be graduating. And so I was supposed to be graduating like that coming fall, right? And um, I took pediatrics and got a C. I think I got a 78 in the class. And you know you have to get an 80 or above. And then nursing child, ain't nobody giving no extra credit. Ain't nobody rounding up. You can give a 79.55. They're not rounding. That five means nothing in nursing. You got a 79, you got a 79 you failed you out the program nobody cares so that was my second C the first time I got a 77 in the class and I was like what in the world but I knew I was off center and I kept saying it just seems like I'm just not getting this seems like I'm not retaining this stuff it just seems like I'm just not really with it and so I remember telling the other student from South Carolina that I really wanted to sit out I really did. I wanted to sit out because I felt like when things are just not centered for me, it's not like I'm quitting, but I just kind of know myself. You know what I'm saying? And I knew that something wasn't right. Like I needed to center myself and I need to chill out and really like evaluate where I was. Like, is this what you're ready to do right now? Is this what you want to do right now? And I honestly wasn't sure if I wanted to be a nurse practitioner right then because I honestly wanted to be a travel nurse. I'm not going to lie. In the back of my head, I was like, why did I go back to school now? Why did I do all this stuff? Because I really don't want to do this right now. I want to work as a travel nurse. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I haven't done those things. I don't want to do this right now. But I still pressed on. You know, a lot of times you done got yourself in some mess. Now you got to try to wiggle your way out of it. And for me, it don't work that way. For a lot of people, they can wiggle their way back on out. And it's it's good. And, and, and they can <laughs> somehow um, make it through. Regardless, I cannot. I seriously cannot. So, um, that second class that I took pediatrics, I remember when I got a 78 in that class, the professor for that class called me and said, Shakia, don't worry about it. Cause I was so heartbroken. She said, you only have to sit out for six months. And I thought about, it, I said, this might be the blessing I need. She said, you sit out for that six months, Shakia, get yourself together. Okay. And come back with a game plan and you're going to get through this. So I said, okay, fine, I'll do it. And I thought this was the blessing I needed. So I'm out to eat one day. One of my line sisters at Chili's, we sitting there chomping it up, eating. I get a phone call. Hi, is this Shakia Johnson? I was like, yes. 
And so this lady on the other end of the phone proceeds to tell me, well, you didn't turn in an assignment um, to turnitin.com. And because you didn't turn in that assignment, we're going to give you a zero. And I said, what? And so I'm like, who disrupts your day like this? You know, who disrupts your day like this? So I was just like, what? So homegirl was just nasty, okay? Went no way around it because like I said, y'all, nursing instructors, girl, they take no mercy. They take no mercy, they nasty. <laughs> That's just how I go. So homie was like, yeah, um, you didn't turn that in. And I said, I could I was thinking to myself, I could have sworn I turned that assignment in. I said, I always double check. And I had, I had a habit of going back in and checking. I said, but was it something wrong? Like with the platform? And she said, well, we called some of the other um, students. We called the students, but we don't have to do that. That's your responsibility to make sure the stuff is turned in. And I said, wait a minute. You called some of the students and tell them to turn their stuff in? Why didn't anybody call me? So here I am thinking to myself, is this a setup? Because in nursing school, they have setups so that it can be a real, so they can get rid of who they feel or deem um, is not um, going to pass boards, you know? So, sorry, I'm moving around. So if they feel like you're not worthy, basically, to stay in their program and keep their pass rate up, because that's basically what it's about. They could give two shits that you pay tuition. They could give two shits how hard you work, that you honestly have the good potential to do it. That's not a factor for them. Their main goal, we need these pass rates to stay up. And if they feel in their heart that you're not going to do it, because they sit on the left and the right hand of God, okay? The nursing gods will kick you out of their program. I'm telling you, I've seen it in undergrad. I've seen it in graduate programs. I've seen it for LPN programs. I've seen it for RN programs. They do the same thing in NP school, and I've heard they do the same thing in CRNA programs. Throughout nursing, that's what it is. So, I was upset. I was so outdone, okay? I was so outdone because I was like, I worked so hard. But then I thought to myself, you know what? I don't even want to do this right now. I mean, you might not be hurting me. You might be doing me a favor, but I don't waste it all this time. So I said, well, I'm not taking no F. I don't work hard. I said, I had an A in that class anyway, in that clinical rotation. I said, you might as well go ahead and give me a doggone C, but I'm not taking an um, F. Well, you'll get a C and you'll just be out of the program. You'll be dismissed from the program. I didn't like her attitude, so I called one up, somebody else over the program. It was a good sis, y'all. And good sis basically said to me, well, just take this as a stepping stool and, you know, um, just remember that. You can always, and it was some bullshit. Basically, all I remember her saying is it would be a stepping stool, a stepping stool. And I was like, all the ons and 
all of that. So I was like, okay, thank you, good sis, for nothing. Well, I still pondered over that thing because I thought to myself, why did this person call me out of nowhere to tell me I didn't turn something in to kick me out of the program when she said that they did call some of the students to tell them when we called the students to tell them to submit their stuff and I said well nobody called me and I went back through my phone looking to see if I had an Alabama number if I had a message an email nothing so I was depressed I was really upset I think this is around 2010 so I was really upset and I remember getting a phone call it was Mother's Day weekend no lie and on the other end was this little lady, little white lady. And I was like, who the hell is this? And I looked, it was my, that same pediatrics professor. It was Dr. Frew, Dr. Free. Cause her name, she's from Louisiana. So it may be pronounced different. It's spelled one way, but pronounced another. Anyway, she called and she was like, Hey, Shakia, it's Dr. You know? And she said, um, I just want you to know that I don't want you to give up. I don't want you to quit on your dreams or your goals to become a nurse practitioner. She said, I really looked at a lot of your evaluations from preceptors that you had, and you've always had good evaluations, and I feel that this will be good for you, so I don't want you to give up on your goal. Don't let this stop you. And I said, okay, thanks. And then she said, which something she'd never had to do, She said, and if you need, by chance, any kind of recommendation or anything, contact me and I'll do it for you. And then I'm like, okay, thank you. But at the same time, I was so frustrated because I was thinking, why the hell are you calling me now? You didn't call me to tell me to turn in my assignment. You know, I'm, I'm kicked out the program, sis, like, Really? Why did, why did you call me now? <sighs> it took me 10 years to actually apply to a program. 10 years. Because that really broke my spirit to know that somebody would try to mess over me. And I, I had to learn in life that there are people who just going to do it. And ain't shit you can do about it. You know, you're just going to have to pick yourself up. You're going to have to dust yourself off and you're going to have to keep going. You know, there are some evil forces in this world. You know, the devil comes to kill, steal and destroy. But it did not ever say in any place that he conquered the world. God has already conquered the world. Everything is already set in stone. It's already done. So you have to believe in the one that has created you. Okay, because these storms will come. These things will occur. And I learned from all of this who God really is as a stronghold in my life. Because I was really frustrated. And as I said on my Facebook, you know, testimony, I did not want to believe that I actually could do it. Now, even though I knew at that time, I kept saying, this just ain't the right time. I ain't travel. I ain't do none of that. And I felt like, you know what? Maybe this is God's way of saying, think of something else. Do something else. But in the back of my head, I kept saying, that is something I want to do. That is what I want to do. 
And he just never let me give up on that dream. He never let me give up. It was like, no, this is what you're going to do. This is what you're, this is what you're made for. And I'm not going to let you forget that. I'm not going to let you listen to what one or two people said. I could care less what those nurses, professors said. I could care less what they did, how they did it. They didn't create you. But what was very like interesting to me is that when I initially went to school, I didn't have kids. I didn't have any like big responsibilities like having Pam and Peyton. And um, I thought, how will I go back to school after I have kids? But like I said, after I got kicked out of that program, I'm telling you within weeks, I kept having visions. I'm not going to say what all the visions were. Because I'm still, like, just trusting God. But one thing for sure was the screen that kept popping into my head. And it kept saying, past, past, past. And I was like, why am I taking a test? And why is it saying I passed? So so fast forward to, like, what, 20, I think it was 2021. I think it was either 2020 or 2021 when I took my case management certification. When I took that certification, it was in the same place that I took my FMP, my nurse practitioner boards. And so when I took that certification, I said in booth 13, I said in the same place for my nurse practitioner boards. When I took that test, it popped up on the screen, you know, pass. And I was like, oh, my God, thank God I passed. And so because for that particular job, if I didn't pass, it was this whole, well, they usually will make you work utilization review or do something else until you pass your certification. And so I was like, oh, no, I do not want to do just straight UM, so I need to pass this test. So I passed that one, but it was so different when I took my FMP boards and I saw that I passed. I realized everything that God was showing to me 10 years prior was what he was showing to me now. Like, look, I, I did this for you. I told you, you're going to pass this test. You're going to pass this test. And when they send the email and I could see where it said pass with a little circle that's like in the corner that says pass. And I saw it like written in the words. I was like, God had already like he knew he he was trying to show me like, you got this. You got this. Like. I told you, I, I've gone ahead of you. I know what's going to happen in your future. You just have to trust in me. And so, needless to say, <laughs> it's so funny because I initially was so ready to share my testimony. When I was getting through the end of school, I was like, I can't wait to share my testimony. When I finished school, I was like, I can't wait to take my boards and share my testimony. Over the eight, you know, eight, nine month period of time, I'm sitting, I'm taking a sabbatical, working, trying to take care of the household, take care of the kids. It was like, I don't, I don't even care about that testimony. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. It was like, I don't even care about it. I don't care no more. I'm just, when I take it and I pass, I'm just be happy that it's done. And I took it, I passed, I was excited. It was a, a rush of emotions. But I would not share my testimony. I wouldn't. I told my mom. I told my closest friends. I did not want to share my testimony. I didn't. Because something in me just said, you know, nobody wants to hear another sad sob story. Everybody out here is living their best life. 
And here I am sharing a sob story of things that went wrong. <laughs> Who wants to listen to that? You know, um, they've looked at my life over the past couple of years and seen me take a lot of misses and take a lot of hits. Nobody wants, nobody cares. You know, a lot of times, and I'm just telling you from my perspective, because I've had people that I reached out to to share my news or whatever. And because I'm not in their circle, which they consider a winner circle, because I lost so much, because I went through ups and downs and rifts in life, those people are not in contact with me anymore. They don't want to, you know, like nobody wants to be associated with who they who they deem a loser. And so I honestly did not want to share my story. I did not want to share it because I was like, nobody wants to hear that. But I never forget. I went home. I went home to get Pam and paid this past. I can't remember when because like everything's a blur now. But I went home to pick them up because I was getting them back for like the weekend. And um, I was taking them to see Barbie and all this other stuff. And they had one more camp coming up like the next week. And so I said, well, good. I can take them to see Barbie, get them somewhat ready for school. And we'll finish the stuff when they initially, you know, officially come back home. So something came over me. And something said, share your testimony. And so I got up, I was watching TV, and you know what it was? My mom just all of a sudden started crying out of nowhere. She just kept saying, you did it, you did it, and she started crying. And, you know, I try to play it off and not try to go there. I don't know why. I was, like, proud of myself, but again, I just, a lot of times, like I said, I don't celebrate my wins. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> um, and it's not imposter syndrome. It's not because I feel like I work for this. You know, when nobody in school with me to cheat on, nothing. I had to do this on my own. And I believe that's why God ordered my steps the way that he did. So that I could see that I had to do this on my own. So um, I got up and I went back to, you know, the back bedroom and I said, I don't know. I just feel compelled to share my story. And I I started typing and I shared my story and I felt a release. I felt a release. And I felt like, you know, everything God has said he would do, like a song came into my, my head, everything that God said he would do, he did. And I felt that release. And I feel honestly that someone else can benefit from that. And now I understand why. Because there's a lot of people who may be going through something, not necessarily the same thing. But they may be doubting themselves. They may be down on themselves because they've been in a a, a loser's, you know, season, kind of like myself, been in a downslope. And you may have lost friends. You may have lost contacts with people. People look at you like, I've gained weight. I look worried. I look stressed. A lot of stuff was on me. I didn't keep myself the way I did because it was a difference. You know, it was a lot on me. And I understand that a lot of times people shy away from that. They don't always want to be around you. They don't always want to embrace you and to always, um, you know what I'm saying? To like, help you get along in that journey. And then if you don't get in that journey as quick as they think you should, and if you're taking your time and you're doubting yourself, then you know, a lot of times people don't want to be bothered, but that's people. 
And at the end of the day, I had to learn that with anything, I trust God for everything. You know, I may not trust a lot of people. I may not put my trust in just any and everybody to be a friend or a close confidant, but I trust God for everything. I trust God for everything. Whatever he said he would do, he will do it. And, you know, I realized that God did things in a way that would help me be who I need to be. To help me, you know, see that, look, I said I was going to do it. I'm going to do it. But I also want to show you that, you know, you have to have a certain faith. And you have to be able to see what you have the ability to do. So I had applied for this job, right? And it was a good job, good play, good pay. And I had someone on the job basically kind of degrade me and say that I wasn't competent enough for the job. And she was somebody who looked just like me, same skin tone. And I really took, a, it took a hit. Like I was really hurt because I do a lot of work around there. Like I really do work and I do what I'm supposed to. But in her mind, because I'm a little bit more passive in a sense, like I'm a little bit more mild mannered and I don't bark at every single person and all this, this and that, that I can't delegate. But I do my job, you know. And so for her, that's not enough. You're not good enough for this. You're not good enough for this. And you're not good enough for this place. And so I noticed that it was a series of stuff with people that worked there. And it was like they constantly tried to make a case against me that, oh, she's not competent enough. And I was like, all oh, these people black. Why y'all doing that? For one, like, child, we ain't on a plantation. <laughs> child, you act, they're acting like, oh, like Massa just gave us a little piece of something. Like, why y'all acting like that? And I realized that a lot of that stuff coincided with, especially now that they know I passed my boards. And I was just like, okay, I see what the deal is here, you know? And I don't like that. I don't, I never like stuff like that. But I've been really upset about it. And today I really just feel like it's time to just give it to God. For the first time I was like, don't worry about that salary. Don't worry about how you're going to take care of your kids if you're going to get a job. What you have coming will be greater. God has never led me to any place where he has not blessed me. Even if I had to walk away from a place where I thought, well, I like it here. Where he took me was better. And so I'm not afraid of what God has for me because I trust him for everything. Now, do I trust everybody around me? Again, that's not always the case, but I trust God for everything. And so what I've had to learn in this journey is that I don't need to put so much trust in mankind. I don't need to really care about what everybody else thinks. That's something that for a girl like me who didn't have the best self-esteem, I had to learn and pick up along the way. That you cannot care and be so consumed with what everybody else thinks. There's always going to be someone that does not like you, who does not feel like you're worthy, um, and does not feel like you need a seat at the table. But let me tell you something about that seat at the table. I had to do this because I hope that there's somebody out here who, who feels like, you know, I really wanted to be a part of that. 
I really felt like I'd be good at that. And they didn't want me and they didn't, you know, think I could, you know, be on that cheer squad. Like, you know, kids, I couldn't be on that cheer squad. They didn't want me on their team. They didn't want me to be their friend. And this is what I want to say to to those young and old. If you would go to, to Psalm 27, okay? If you would go to Psalm 27, okay? And start from the beginning. This is a Psalm of David. Remember now, all the time I talk about David. David was something, okay? But David, David knew where his help came from, okay? So let's start at the first verse where it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war shall rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing, one thing, one thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion and the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock and now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me therefore i will offer in this tabernacle sacrifices of joy i will sing i will sing praises unto the lord hear o lord when i cry with my voice have mercy also upon me and answered me when thou said it seek ye my face my heart said unto thee thy face lord will i seek hide not thy face far from me Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me. O God of my salvation, when my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Okay? This is one I want y'all to know. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies for false witnesses are risen up against me and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. Now, if you go on over to Psalm 23, from Psalm 27, you basically know that you don't need to worry about it. God has it, right? God has a plan for you. He has protection all around you. He has you covered. And so whatever it is that you're trying to do, just keep that in mind. Like, hey, God has me. Okay. But just in case you get real weary in your work 
And you say, I sure would like to be able to socialize with so-and-so now. You know, a lot of times, you know, they don't really fool with me because I didn't have the best of clothes and I didn't have the nicest car. And, you know, I didn't have this or that. I didn't get to socialize in that group. And you beat yourself up because you went through a lot and you took your losses. Remember this. Thou prepared the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointed my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, this is something that a lot of us in Psalm 27 miss. When we talk about that proverbial seat at the table. If you look at Psalm 27 and go down to the fifth verse, it says, Thou prepared the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. God did not say that he needed to give you a seat at that table, nor did he say that he will make a place at that table for you. None about that table belongs to you. Okay. What he's saying here is he's prepared a table for you. Okay. You don't need a seat at that table. Okay, a lot of times we are so concerned with having a seat at a table that God has already deemed beneath you. He don't want you there in the first place. That's why he prepares another table for you in the presence of your enemies. And they got to sit here and they got to watch your cup run over. They got to see you be blessed day in and day out. Okay, and that is where a lot of times we run away from trials and tribulations thinking, I don't know if I can stay here. I don't know if I can deal with this. These people don't like me. And God may have you there for a reason. And he will bless you right in the presence of those same people who will belittle you, who will speak out cruelty to you. He will do a thing right in their presence. And when he does it, he doesn't need to use any of them to do it. He does not need to pull a, ta- a seat from their table and put you at it because he knows that they're beneath. They're not above. Okay? Anybody that will go through a lot of like time and, and go to any kind of, how can I say, um, you take a lot of time and a lot of dedication to try to dim somebody else's light, basically. That's not somebody you want to sit at the table with anyway. You don't want to sit with somebody who has that kind of spirit. Someone who, you know, they feel that if I say you're not enough, then you're not enough. Who is God to you? Who is God to you? When you look back at Psalm 27, it says, you know, he's the head of your life. Whom should you fear? You, you want to fear somebody in the flesh? They're just a mere mortal. And when it comes back down to Psalm 23, when he's sitting here basically telling us, look, you do not need no seat at that table. That table ain't even worthy of your presence. And I'm going to have all them jokers sit right on over there. There's laughing, cackling and digging holes. I'm having fall in them same holes. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to prepare a table for you. I got another place for you. And I'm going to make it so they got to sit back and watch you. They're going to sit here in the presence of your blessings and, a bless- and, and, and of all your glory. They're going to have to sit back and watch it. And that is why a lot of times, you know, you ever heard a story like 
some of these stories of people who have gone through hell and high water. And there's somebody always that has told them they weren't good enough. They weren't going to make it. You're not going to do it. And that person has to sit back and they have to have a firsthand seat. You know what I'm saying? You get that that 50 yard line courtside seat watching this person in their full glory, watching the blessings of God just overflow in their life. Everything that you said they would not do, God says, well, I mean, you not me first. Second, you can prepare your own table, but the one I prepare, come on now, ain't no comparison. Okay. And the the main thing here is that you should not fear what man says or does. God is the head and he is the light of your life, then no matter what anyone else says, you have to walk into walk into that next season of your life or walk into that next place knowing that God, God leads you. He guides you and he has you. So I thought about it when I thought about this job, because I was like, you know, with all the foolishness that I had to go through with these people, Lord knows they accuse you with sleeping with people. They accuse you of all kind of stuff. Like these people are the worst I've ever worked with. I hate it. I hate it for us because I'm like, man, I hate that for us. But they got to have the worst demeanor of all the people I've ever like. And I worked a lot of places because I've been a travel nurse, a float nurse. But this got to be the worst. Um, But at the same time, where there's bad, I always see good. And I love working in the area where I work. I love working with the patients. And I don't hate everybody I work with. It's always somebody I can talk to. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where as much as I would want to run away, I'm just going to wait and see what God has for me. And if or by chance he says, this ain't for you, I know for a fact how God is. If it's not for me, it's because he has something better for me. And I hope this is a um, reminder for somebody else out there. I hope it's a reminder for you that if God has told you that he would do something for you, he'll do it. And if God has um, shown you anything, given you any vision of anything, he's going to make that come to pass. It's not like he's going to leave you void. A lot of times, you know, I read in certain places and this is what scared me at one point because I read something where somebody said, and I don't even know who this writer was, where he said that there are times when people die before anything that they ever were promised by God came to fruition. And so I can't believe that. And let me explain why. God is not a man in which he would let his word go void. If it's what he had said he would do, it is what he would do. Now, sometimes we mistake God for some other voice. It could be our own subconscious mind. Okay. It could be the mind. It could be the voice of the adversary. That's why you got to be in, in, in constant connection because you need to know who's speaking to you. And so I also think to myself, if this person was working towards that goal, it's not like he's going to let it go void. It's not like he's going to just throw them under the bus because they got into this accident. They had this illness. So I'm going to give another example of this. There's this guy I follow on Instagram. I don't know him from a can of paint. I just happened to have followed his ex-girlfriend 
and some other lady that he's really good friends with. I'm serious. And then I started following him when I saw his story. And so he um, is a Gillian Beret survivor. And so this guy, long story short, went through this huge battle with his health with Gillian Beret. And sometimes people bounce back. And sometimes, like for him, it has taken quite a while to bounce back, to learn to walk again, to function. And so, you know, the love of his life walks away, goes on with her life. He's still trying to battle for his own life, just trying to learn how to walk, get through. This man recently, y'all, finished a family nurse practitioner program and is double board certified. Okay. Family nurse practitioner through Duke University, the Duke University, and is double board certified. I wish I had some clapping hands in the background. Okay. I wish I had some clapping hands. And I say that to say that if God put a work in you, he put a word in you, and he gave you a vision for something. He's not. It don't matter if cancer comes into your life. It don't matter if you had an accident. You went through a divorce. You were bankrupt. It don't matter. When God said, this is what I have for you, it is for you. Because he is not a God that anything, anything is impossible for him. He is a God that can do all above exceedingly. He has all power. So it does not matter what happens. It does not matter what comes. He says, I got you. (sighs) That's my feel good story for today. I got to go because my battery on the phone is about to die. (laughs) So I just wanted to share that with y'all. And I hope it finds you all well. And I hope that you all continue to shine bright.